you are listening to the Fairy Pod Mothers. I'm Amber, and I'm joined by Stephanie and Rachel. So it's been a couple of weeks since we've recorded. How's it going, ladies? It's going. It's going, <laughs> it's going good. I think the um, whole world feels your yeah, <laughs> yeah. deep sighs of desperation right there. But Rachel, you just did a trip recently, right? So that's a high point. Yes, we went to Walt Disney World for like a long weekend in early February, and we had some cool experiences that we hadn't had before. We dined at Space 220, and we also did the um, fireworks dessert party for Enchantment at Magic Kingdom. Now, from your pictures and from what I saw on Facebook, you guys really enjoyed Space 220, so I was happy to see that because I have been seeing some not-so-favorable reviews so I was really happy to see that you guys liked it. And that makes me feel better at, you know, booking my clients there if they want to go there. I honestly think it was so much fun. I mean, the experience, like we've talked about the elevator before was super cool. The space scene going by was really cool. The food was great. I mean, it's definitely pricey for what you get, but it's a total experience. So I think it's worth it to try once. Yeah. I definitely want to give it a try when we're there in August, if I can. Um, so we're recording on Thursday, the 24th, and I did not know that this was a thing, but tomorrow the embargo on early media access to the Galactic Star Cruiser is lifted so they can mm -hmm. officially start talking about it tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So I'm really curious to see. Now, I have a feeling that those that were invited are those that Disney might consider to be the yes people. The friendly. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Cause um, I, I had actually heard of some um, media sites being uninvited because they had made some criticisms prior to based on um, different uh, releases from Disney itself. So I'll be curious to see what the reviews are tomorrow and then maybe what they are about a month from now. Yeah. I have, clients going in June and I'll be really curious to see what they think my um my June clients canceled after the initial videos were released they weren't it wasn't enough to keep no. them <laughs> no they Interesting. were they were less than impressed and I um hopefully it's impressive especially for the price point yeah we'll have to yeah. see what what people say all right, so moving on, um, this week's episode is called, So You Booked a Disney Cruise, Now What? Um, Rachel and Stephanie both have Disney cruises coming up relatively soon. Rachel and I were on an um, agency cruise back in September. So we've all got cruising kind of on the brain. And honestly, Disney Cruise Line has some really attractive pricing out right now. So I think it's on a lot of people's brains. Um, you can book your family on a cruise for about what you'd pay for um, a vacation at Disney World, staying at a moderate or deluxe resort. And since the parks have been really crowded, frankly, a cruise might be more fun and relaxing to a lot of people. So if you've never sailed on a Disney cruise before, there's a couple of things that set it apart from other cruise lines. Um, just to go through them real quick, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time talking about each one of these. Um, ladies, if y'all want to chime in, please do. Um, 
rotational dining, Disney has that other cruise lines don't. That's where, um, so on a Disney cruise ship, you have, I think, three main restaurants that you rotate around to, but you keep your server, your same server team at each restaurant. So if you're at um, Animator's Palette one night, the next night you're at the, I can't think of the name of one of the other ones. Lumiere's. There we go. Um, your server will be the same one. And that's really cool because they get to know your likes, your dislikes. Um, when I went with my family, our server knew that my son liked chocolate milk. And so starting the second night, there was always chocolate milk there waiting for him at his seat when he came to dinner. So that's really cool. Um, another thing that sets Disney apart is no upcharge for sodas. Um, I've booked a few clients on Royal Caribbean lately, and they're considering getting the soda package. And it's really pricey. Um, you have to drink a lot of Coke products to get your money's worth out of those soda packages. Um, another thing that sets Disney apart is their awesome kids clubs. Um, other cruises may have kids clubs, but honestly, nothing um, pales in comparison to the ones at Disney, the Oceaneer Lab. The, um, there's sides for the younger kids. There's the teen clubs, the vibe. Um, so there's just kids clubs to sit to suit every age I will say for ages zero one and two um, there is a nursery um, the nursery is a paid by hour service um, but the kids club for ages three through I think 17 are all in all covered in the cost of your cruise as long um, as they're potty trained there we go so um, potty train those kiddos and I, I think I had put it kind of in our um, notes for later in the episode, but it's worth bringing up now. The kids clubs are extremely popular. If you take your kids on that first day, they kind of have like an open house and they have a couple different open houses throughout the cruise and they'll, they'll make friends pretty quickly. Um, they, they want to go to the clubs. That was the thing that I think surprised us the most on our first cruise with children was how much they really wanted to be in the club and not necessarily with us the whole time. Mm -hmm. And it was a pleasant surprise, but if, you know, especially if you've got maybe, you know, if you've got some shared parenting or something and, and it's, you're taking a family vacation and you really want there to be lots of family time, it might be like set your expectations up with your children beforehand because, I've, I've seen some fights about kids wanting to go into the clubs and families wanting to spend time with the kids. And, you know, I've seen a lot of grumpy kids at dinner. Hey, let me, let me add one more thing here. And this is relevant right now. I don't know if it will be this way forever. It probably won't. But um, one thing to know with kind of us living still in the pandemic world is that if you are on a Disney cruise and there's a port day, meaning you're stopping somewhere, you can book the kids club for 90 minutes on those port days. And then if you are doing an at sea day, you can book the kids clubs for two and a half hours. Um, so once you get on the ship, you may be able to add some time to the day, but right now in terms of booking it ahead of time, that's the limitation. Okay. So, and that's per day. Yes. Okay. 
that's so good that to know. Treated kind of like an excursion, right? You would sign up for kids club time the same way you would sign up for an excursion or Remy or Palo. Um, you would think that, but it's actually 30 days before. Oh, okay. Cause you know, we just like to make things complicated. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> All right. Another cool thing that sets Disney apart from other cruise lines is you can bring your own alcohol on board. Um, I don't know of any other cruise line that allows you to do this. Um, up to two bottles of wine per person or six beers per person. Um, fireworks at sea and theme nights like Pirate Night and some Marvel Days, Pixar Days at Sea. Those are super fun. You won't find those on other cruise lines. And of course, we have the top-notch service that Disney is known for. Um, you just don't, frankly, you don't get it on other cruise lines. So ladies, can you think of anything else that kind of Disney has that other ships don't that sets them apart? I think that's I think, a good overview. Go ahead, Stephanie. As far as in-room goes, um, basically Disney Plus existed on ships before it existed <laughs> at home. Um, and so you, you always have had access to basically the entire library of like classic movies and um, some of the more recent run movies. And like on a carnival ship, um, we had, I think there was two movies that we could, that we felt comfortable watching as a family. And so we watched them all week. Um, <laughs> like as we were getting ready for bed, it kind of helped just to like get the kids to like wind down and actually sit still um, from a day running around on the ship. And um, so I think that's one thing that definitely sets it apart you know, and especially if you do end up getting stuck in your room for whatever reason, or you just want some quiet downtime, you have access to everything. It's not limited. You don't, there's no extra fees for watching certain movies. Ooh, I thought of one more good one. The, you were talking about the rooms, the room sizes are much larger on Disney ships than they are on most other ships. So that's actually pretty cool. Yeah. And I don't know is it every room, but every time I've cruised, you have two separate bathrooms. You have one, is that not all or just if you're lucky or if you book it, a certain type? It's a certain room category, but it's definitely a great room type. Yeah, split bathrooms are awesome. One side of the bathroom, one little room has your toilet and a sink and the other one has a second sink and a shower. So one person can be getting ready and, you know, two people at the same time. So those are nice rooms to get on Disney. Also, um, room service is included. I don't think room service is included with other most other cruise lines. There's no extra charge. Um, we do always say, remember to tip your delivery person, whoever brings the food to your room, but there's not like a astrom astronomical fee for getting breakfast in the room or snacks or heck, my kids like to get um, cookies and milk at bedtime delivered to their Disney room, so. So of course these days we do need to mention DCL's COVID protocols. So just a note that these are the protocols as of recording on February 24th, 2022. They could very well change before your cruise. So for the most up-to-date protocols, you'll want to see DisneyCruiseLine.com or ask your travel agent. But currently, all vaccine-eligible guests, which is all guests ages five and over, 
must be vaccinated. Guests who are not vaccine eligible, so children ages four and younger, must show proof of a negative COVID test taken between three days and 24 hours before departure. All guests, regardless of age, must upload their proof of vaccination or negative test results to, um, Disney has a website that they're using for this. It's dcl.safepassage.com. All guests, regardless of age, must take a COVID test at the port before boarding. If anyone in the group tests positive, they and the members of their stateroom will not be able to board. Um, Disney has been great about working with these families to get them refunds or booked on a future cruise. Um, and guests on a five night or longer cruise will take an additional test the day before disembarking. Now, I think when I look at Disney and when I look at other cruise lines, Disney probably has the strictest um, protocols um, with the requirements that they have. But frankly, I think that makes a lot of clients more comfortable to sail on them than they would be sailing on other cruise lines. I also want to just offer a tip to people because I know sometimes it's tempting to pair like a couple of days at the park with your Disney cruise, especially if you're doing like a three or a four night cruise. My recommendation is a little bit reverse than it has been in the past. Normally I would say do the parks first and then do the relaxing part of the trip, the cruise second. But in the times we're living in, I actually recommend flipping that because you don't want to pick up COVID right before your trip um, and not be able to board that ship. So I would definitely recommend doing the um, cruise first and then going to the, you know, parks second. So you don't jeopardize that, that cruise. That's a great tip, Rachel. All right, Stephanie's gonna talk about some rules about passports, birth certificates. Tell us what you got, Stephanie. Okay, um, so Disney does prefer that you have a passport um, to book on Disney Cruise Line as part of the online check-in process. That's the default um, uh, identification. You can get on the ship with just a birth certificate and you can bring in just a copy of your birth certificate. However, if you get off the ship and you do not have a passport and something happens while you're there on the port and the ship leaves without you, you're stuck. It's not Disney's fault. It's you're on your own. Um, so we strongly suggest having a passport uh, before getting on the ship. I got my passports recently renewed and the turnaround time was fairly quick, but these were renewals. You definitely want to get your passport as soon as you possibly can leave yourself as much room because I have heard that it, it can take up to 15, 16 weeks. You're looking at, you know, going into four or five months to get a passport. Um, just some other logistical things to consider especially if you're going, you know, a lot of the Disney cruises go out of Port Canaveral and that is about a 90 minute ride from MCO, the Orlando um, International Airport. And I don't think that Sanford is much farther. So you'll need to arrange transportation from the airport to the cruise terminal or a cruise terminal hotel and then back from the cruise to the airport. 
it, I always recommend to my clients going in the night before, or at least planning to arrive the day before on a flight. That way, if flights get delayed, if flights get canceled, you still have some buffer time. The you know worst thing you want to have happen is if you have an early morning flight for an afternoon departure cruise, it gets delayed and you don't have enough time to get from the airport to the cruise terminal. And then coming back, I don't recommend booking a flight any earlier than noon. I think the official line from DCL is um, any earlier than 11 a.m. But again, I kind of like to leave a little bit of a buffer if you're having issues getting off the ship. And it just, it makes getting off the ship a lot less stressful. If your flight is a little bit later on in the afternoon, you have some time to get from the cruise terminal to the airport. And there are plenty of hotels right in that uh, cruise terminal, just within a few miles radius. A lot of them do offer shuttles included in the cost of the booking. You can Uber. Um, so just things to think about before a week before your trip. I know for a lot of people, that's one of their search criteria um, when they're looking for a Disney cruise is which port it leaves out of. Um, like my clients are a lot in the Metro Atlanta area. And so if we wanted to, we could drive to Port Canaveral. It's a seven hour drive. So some could leave bright and early that morning. I don't know if I would necessarily do that, but you could leave extra early in the morning and get it get to the port. Um, some people may have, uh, if you're more inland, you know, it's not going to matter that much to you. Like if you're like in the central part of the country, it's not going to matter that much to you. But I know a lot of people, if you are either driving distance or a short distance to the, um, to port, to the port, like if you live sort of close to the Galveston port or kind of close to the New Orleans port, um, making it drivable can be. I guess a plus. So you're saving money on air. If you want to make your travel agent really nervous, fly in the morning of your cruise. <laughs> oh boy. Especially well, with the way flights Rachel, have been that's lately. That's what the three of us did in September, Rachel, but we were. I was going to say, we didn't have other people with us to worry about. So like, you know, didn't feel like as much was riding on it. <laughs> yeah. And truthfully, a lot of it depends on your airline. Um, I flew Delta and I was comfortable flying Delta because I knew that they are usually on time. They don't have a lot of cancellations. It was September, so I don't have to worry about snow or bad weather anywhere. Um, if I was going on Frontier or Spirit, I would not be so comfortable. So <laughs> I actually paid more for my flight ticket because I knew I was going that morning and I didn't want to risk um, having a flight canceled. And I felt the most comfortable with Delta and living in Atlanta. Atlanta is the Delta hub. So we have a lot of flights to choose from. So we're a little lucky that way. Mm -hmm. All right. So now that we have some of those things out of the way, we're going to chat about some Disney cruise tips and some of our favorite things to do on board. So let's start with what to pack. Rachel, what are you bringing on your cruise that you may not bring on a typical vacation? Okay, I think the first thing I would recommend is like a solid travel tumbler that you can refill for water. Um, it is worth noting that in addition to the beer and wine, Disney will let you bring a case of water. 
um, on the ship, if that's easier for you, but I just find having a refillable cup equally, you know, easy. There's water stations all over the ship. So it's really not a big deal. Um, and then I also recommend, and I, I made this mistake in the fall when we cruised, I packed so many pairs of swim, uh, of shorts and t-shirts or shorts and tank tops. And I pretty much live in a swimsuit most of the time during the day. <laughs> so I would say you can probably get away with more swimsuit cover-up kind of combos than your traditional daytime outfits. But again, look at the itinerary, see if that makes sense for you and kind of the places that you're going. And then this may just be my crew of people, but I think it probably pertains to others stuff for seasickness. So just in case, if you have people that are very prone to seasickness, you may want to get the scopolamine, scopolamine, Stephanie, your medical scopolamine. Thank you. Um, patches. (laughs) My husband requires those. He feels fine if he's wearing them. Those are the ones that are prescribed by your doctor. Um, for the rest of my family, we use the MQ motion sickness patches, which are over the counter and they work really well for like, you know, people that maybe aren't so severe boning or bonding also works well. I have never had luck with C bands, but I know some people, you know, like those too, but I would say if you have any, any inkling towards motion sickness, just do your due diligence and bring some stuff with you so that, you know, you don't have any issues. They also have it on the ship, but if you have preferences about what you like for those sorts of things, it's always nice to have your own stash. Yeah, I live on boning when I'm on a ship, but I have not heard of the motion sickness patches, so I might give those a try when we go in a couple weeks. They, re- I think they really make a difference. Maybe, um, maybe not again for like the super severe folks, but I think if you're kind of just middle of the road, they work well. Yeah. So mine's kind of weird, but this is coming from personal experience. Um, Bring some things that you might want to do with your family in the room, um, just in case you happen to get quarantined. Um, We went on a cruise once and my son ended up having an ear infection. We had to visit the, um, the medical room on board. And we, as a family were quarantined to the room for about a day and a half. And there's only so much TV you can watch. So making sure just to have like a deck of cards or some travel board games or something to do in your room. If you do get quarantined, um, obviously you're not going to get on the ship if you have COVID. Um, but this, you know, these are things that were happening way before COVID and, it's something you don't necessarily have to think about on other vacations when you have an entire resort to go around. Good tips. All right, so for mine, I'm gonna focus on what I would bring for Castaway Key. So for those of you who don't know, Castaway Key is Disney's private island. Um, Pretty much every Disney cruise stops there. Some cruises even stop there twice. Um, So for your castaway day, obviously sunscreen. Um, They do sell sunscreen on the ship, but if I had to guess, I would say it's gonna be a lot more expensive than you can get at the store before you leave home. So bring that with you, throw it in your suitcase. Um, I would also say a a nice kind of biggish tote bag for your family to bring to Castaway Key. Um, You don't need to bring towels. They do have towels on the island for you to use, but anything else like flip-flops, cover-ups, 
a little bit of spending money if you want for the stores that they have there. Um, cups, like Rachel mentioned, if you don't wanna use their plastic cups, if you wanna bring your big turvis, um, all those things can go in a tote bag. So those are always good to have. And I would also mention goggles for the kids. There is a water slide at Castaway Key. Um, it's really big, really fun. I think Rachel and I did it when we were there in September. But when you get off this water slide, it throws you down into the ocean. And I remember I came out, I hate salt water in my eyes. Like it stings. I'm like trying to swim with my eyes closed, being like, where's the shore? That's where <laughs> I was going. Um, so if you think your kids are really gonna wanna do the water slide, just know it dumps you out into the ocean. That is salt water. Um, so if you wanna protect their eyes, grab them some goggles or for yourself, the grownups, if you wanna do the slide too. Can I have one more thing to your list, Amber? Yeah. Snorkeling gear is super easy to just throw in your bag. I know you can always rent that kind of stuff, but if you have that at home, that's a fun thing to bring to Castaway as well. Yeah, I don't know if I want to rent stuff that's going know, in my mouth right, right now <laughs> or ever. Um, it's so, so I, cheap and small. It's not yeah. going to eat up a lot of room in your suitcase. I know that they're not allowing fish extenders right now, but are they allowing um, door decorations? Yes. yes. Uh, that's actually something that I just now thought of. My brain was not working earlier today. Um, but it, you know, it's a good idea to decorate your room door. Um, they are magnetic, so you can order some stuff from Etsy, just get some stuff from Target or whatever, or even have your kids make some things because all of the doors start to look the same when you're going to your room. And so it's just a fun way to like, you know, make sure that you know exactly where your door is, especially if your kids are like mine and like to run ahead, um, they can get to the right door and then wait for you. That's a really good tip. All right, so speaking of Castaway Key, ladies, what are your favorite things to do there, Stephanie? Um, so we always, get the, uh, we pay for the um, inner tube rental ahead of time, just so we don't have to worry about it when we get there. But also um, renting a kayak, going out on that water. Um, at Castaway Key, the, they have, I forget what it's called, like a, like a breakaway or just like they have a line of rocks far out and it keeps the water really, really calm. And so it's really nice to go out for a kayak. You're not going to come into like really rough waters or anything. Um, I like relaxing on the beach with a drink. And then they do serve um, an included lunch on the island. Are they still doing that right now? Yes. Okay. We really like the food um, that they have there at Castaway Key. So we definitely make sure to plan to eat lunch on the island. I like those lunches a lot too. I mean, they're just like kind of picnic-y food, but it's- Yeah, it's, kind of like a, a like a barbecue almost, like a cookout. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I like to also um, sit on the beach. I like to snag a chair with an umbrella or I like those littler ones that sit low to the ground and you just can sit right where the water comes up on the sand and have your legs in, read a book. Um, if you're doing adults only, or you put your kids in the kids club that's on the island, I think it's really nice and relaxing to visit Serenity Bay, which is the adults only beach um, that's on Castaway Key. 
I like to grab a tropical drink at one of the mini bars. And I also like to rent the tubes um, that they have there. They have two things. They have like just the inner tubes and then they have more of the mat style floats. And it's just the water there is crystal clear. So it's just so relaxing to take your tube out in the ocean and just chill. So those are my favorites. Yeah. So for me, um, I didn't think I was going to enjoy riding a bike around the island when Rachel and our other friend were like, let's rent bikes. And I was like, <laughs> okay, but it was actually really fun. Um, they have some trails that are around the island and there's even one trail that loops around to a lookout tower. So you can park your bike at the bottom and climb to the top. I think, I mean, I guess you could walk to this lookout tower, but it would be a long and far walk. Um, so biking is pretty much the only way to get there. And it's really cool to climb up to the top and just look around, see the whole island, see the water. So that's fun. There's different things that you could rent and do on the island. Um, I think they already mentioned um, like the kayaks, the snorkeling. I think there's also like a stingray experience. Um, so there's lots of different things. Oh, hobby cats, those little sailboats that you can um, rent. So lots of fun things. Those can all be booked in advance um, on the app. Um, we just did the bikes when we were there. I don't, there wasn't that big of a demand. So we were able to rent the bikes when we were there. But some of those things you'll want to book ahead of time. Those bikes are so cheap too. It was like $13 a person. Yeah. Do they have bikes with uh, training wheels? I'm sure they would, but I didn't see any. So good question. <laughs> yeah, we were kidless on that trip. So I don't recall that either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So finally, what about on the ship? What are some of your favorite onboard activities? Stephanie? So I definitely do not miss going to, like, I won't miss going to the shows after dinner. That is something we have to do. These are several bars above your standard cruise entertainments. They're Broadway caliber shows. They are adaptations of the Broadway shows. Some of the shows are um, exclusive to Disney Cruise Line. So you definitely don't want to miss those. And I know they're running them. They're running two shows. Like they're mm -hmm. running the shows two nights. And that way they can have um, limited capacity and they do run two shows per night so that no matter what your dining time is, you can catch a show. Um, just relaxing by the pool. Um, my kids will go on the slide a million times. And um, at least on, I know the fantasy and the dream, the one slide, they get on the slide on the same deck level as all the lounge chairs and stuff. So you can just kind of watch them. Um, there's other things to do on the other decks. So you would have to be up there with them. And then one of the things we like to do when the kids are at the club is kind of do a little bit of a pub crawl. Um, I know the fantasy has Europa and I'm sure the dream does as well. I don't know about magic and um, the other smaller ships, but um, they have just a little section that is um, different European themed bars. And so just getting a drink at each one of the bars is kind of fun. Mm -hmm. 
Speaking of adult only, I like to dine at one of the adult only restaurants like Palo or Remy. It does cost extra to do that, but I think it's worth it for kind of a date night activity. Um, the food is incredible at both of them. I also like any mixology session. So in the past we've done, um, martinis, which was really fun. You get to try out five different martinis of the bartender's choice and you learn about all about making them and, you know, the different science behind it and, um, just different mixology kinds of things. They have all different ones. They have tequila and margaritas. They have, um, chocolate liqueur and wine. Like I can't remember all the combinations, but depending on what your taste is, there's probably something for you. And that's a really fun adult only thing to do. I think that family trivia is really fun. We always get into that when my family goes on a Disney ship and we like bingo too. We like to try to win some money. And of course, school time. Gotta love the pool. Awesome. All right, so some of my favorite onboard activities. Um, first is one of the restaurants. I love Animator's Palette. If you have been to Turtle Talk with Crush at Epcot, it's very much the same concept. Um, you have Crush. Um, there are screens all over the restaurant. So pretty much beside every table, there is a screen and Crush comes by and talks to your family and it's really cool. Um, I also love going to the adult pool. Rachel, you mentioned that one. Um, I swear, I think the lounge chairs by the adult pool are more comfy and more padded than they are everywhere on the ship. So <laughs> that's what I noticed. Um, I read a pretty much, I think I read a whole book those two days while I was there, which is really odd for me. Like I, it takes me a while to find time to read a book. So. That was a nice relaxing thing for me. Um, I also got a spa, I mean, like got a spa. I got a massage <laughs> at the spa on our last trip, um, partly because it was my birthday. It was my birthday, like the day before we departed. So I treated myself to a massage at Senses. Senses is the same um, spa that you find at Disney, at Saratoga Springs and Grand Floridian. So they also have one on board the ships. So you could book those massages. They also have other um, treatments that you could get. Of course, facials, manis, petties. There's also that rainforest room that's supposed to be really popular at Senses. So if you're a spa person, um, definitely check it out. Just a FYI heads up, masks are required um, when getting a massage at Senses. So if that's something that's important to you, just keep that in mind. Um, Stephanie, Rachel, did y'all have anything else that you wanted to add before we close up? I, uh, yeah, there's a reason that Disney Cruise Line consistently wins best for families. And the price difference between some of the more affordable options can feel exclusive, like, uh, where you know that that excludes your family from booking this trip um but it's worth it especially as someone who has taken my family both on a disney cruise and a carnival cruise where the carnival cruise was supposed to be more family oriented 
Disney Cruise Line still wins hands down. I've not yet done a Royal Caribbean cruise. I know that that generally tends to come in second for families. Um, but if you're looking at some of the, you know, cheaper options, um, it, it, there's no comparison. It's worth the money. I totally agree, Stephanie. I feel like I would be hard pressed to try anything else at this point, only because it's such a great product. Like it just keeps people coming back time and time again. One thing I'll add is that the protocols keep changing all the time for things. Like I just saw that Royal Caribbean and Princess changed some of their safety and health things today. So I think it's important to keep um, on top or have your travel agent keep on top of what those protocols are for your travels so that you know what to expect, you're prepared, and that you're comfortable with whatever the protocols are. So, you know, in these times that we're changing in, we have to be adaptable. We have to realize that things are evolving. Um, so I just want to kind of point that out because cruising is even more um, in flux, I think, right now than some of the other forms of travel. Definitely. All right. So to wrap up, we have a Disney cruise related trivia question. So everyone knows if you could picture the ships in your head, there's like that navy blue color that the bottom half of the ship is all that same color. Um, but Disney does not call that navy blue. They have a special name for that color that was created just for Disney Cruise Line's fleet of ships. So the question is, name that color that's on the ships. And for extra credit, where was the inspiration for that color? So if you can tell us on social media, let us know. That's a good one. All right, so I will go ahead and wrap us up. Thank you for listening to the Fairy Pod Mothers. We're happy to be your one-stop shop for talking tips for Disney, Universal, and beyond. Please join us on Facebook and Instagram to keep the conversation going. Amber, Rachel, and Stephanie are travel professionals with Main Street and More Travel, a no-fee Disney earmark agency. Please reach out to us on Facebook for a free quote, rate, review, and tell your friends, and we'll see you real soon. Bye. Bye.